this week's episode of the Starting Eleven podcast, TFC edition. Two losses on the bounce for Greg Vanney's boys leaves TFC in a difficult spot ahead of DC United's visit. We talk tactics, formations, and the proper usage of the term shithouse. All that and more coming up right here on the Starting Eleven podcast. Hello and welcome to the Starting Eleven Podcast, TFC edition. I'm your host, Justin Borrow, and with me today is Chengiz Khan. Hello, hello, hello. And Andre McRae. Sup, ladies and gentlemen. Beautiful podcast, beautiful game. <laughs> Changes every week. Uh, Peter Robinson is away today, but we'll hopefully be back next week when we break down the rest of the uh English Premier League. Um, so, guys, let's quickly jump into it. Happy Monday, by the way. Hope you guys had a good weekend. Very oh, good. I, uh, 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 it could have been could have been better. Yeah, no, I, I I quite enjoyed this weekend. Um, the thing that pissed me off more was our local team in red, rather than than my other team in red. I'm actually quite proud of my other team in red, uh, and we'll get into that in more depth on the other podcast. But uh, yeah, our our local team in red. Um, yeah, hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, our, on a bit of it, our, on a bit our, of a downslide right now. Our, our team in red did well, and my team in red did well, and his team did red. You know, blah 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 blah. Red, like <laughs> so much red. My my so. team in red didn't do so well, so we're just gonna leave that one there. But anyways, yeah. um, <laughs> no, so no. Let's talk about your team. Okay, let's go on. Go, go on. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> give go. Please, sir. Give us another yeah, one. Please, 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 sir, tell us some more. All right, so there there may be a rumor that United may have lost 2-0 to Cardiff City, but we don't want to talk about that right now. Let's focus rumor. on the local football that we're here to talk about. Let's discuss uh, Toronto FC. So, guys, they've had a, a really busy last, you know, seven days, ten days. Um, you know, we had uh, Atlanta United away on Wednesday. They had Philly at home on Saturday. They have DC United coming up on Wednesday and then Real Salt Lake away on the Saturday. It's a lot of games. Um, so it's a lot of games in a short period of time. Uh, TFC has not looked great. So let's let's start with the first game. Uh, let's jump to Atlanta United last week. Uh, it ended 2-0 for Atlanta United. Um, Toronto FC looked drab on the night. Mm-hmm. Um, they looked uninspired. Uh, Another interesting lineup for Greg Vanny. Um, you know, he put Bono back at net um, when, you know, we had strictly said that we were really hoping to see Westberg back in that spot. But we we kind of did think that that was going to happen. Um, you know, we had Zavaleta starting at the back again, which I don't fully understand. I feel like every time Toronto FC concedes a goal when he's on the pitch, he ends up on the ground for some reason. Um, you know, uh, so anyways, who's your uncle? Am I right? Um, but let's kind of talk quickly about... Um, about this matchup just in general uh, the overall atmosphere just felt kind of deflated for toronto fc it felt like they really weren't giving a lot um it, it seemed sort of uninspired at times uh you know potsuelo seemed frustrated it seems like he couldn't find anybody up top to to put anything away um what, what did you guys take away from the game from what i i mean nagme is one of the best box-to-box midfielders in the league and our midfield is um well, it's not great. Let's put it that way. You know, we, we, we don't... Bradley's two-goal um, freak show aside, we're not exactly got a lot of uh, strength in the midfield. We don't have a lot of control in the midfield. We don't have a hard... In that lineup, we didn't have a hard tackler. We didn't have Delgado. We had Liam Frazier, who's 
who's good, he's nippy, he's cutesy, but he's a bit light on the ball and he was easily dominated on the day. Um, then you have uh, Martinez, who was just who who just orchestrated sorry pity pity Martinez not uh Joseph Martinez Martinez um but both of them they just they dictated the play they dictated possession and uh, they had the lion's share of the chances so you know when you're so thoroughly outclassed there needs to be a switch up in tactics there needs to be a switch up in personnel I think Bradley overall was quite poor um, but Vanny, for whatever reason, you know, didn't decide, d- didn't see fit to change anything up. Not really. He kept the same formation throughout the game. He kept the same tactics. And uh, yeah, nephew was on the pitch. So, I, you know what though? But I, we get we get Mavinga on the bench and Zavalet on the field. No, just no. Like it, it was a weird setup. Like you had a, a weird one four four one one. Right, like that's that's. that's I think I think, that's I a, think Vanny just saw. Oh, they've only scored twelve goals this year. What are they really going to do against Zavaleta? Ding ding ding! <laughs> Turns out quite a I lot. I think I found it. I yeah. found the answer. And I mean, I, I will give Simon though, because when I watched that game, I was really looking. Okay, can maybe he pick it up? I will give Simon had a decent game. I don't. He was. He was tracking no. back. No. Yeah. Okay. He's tracking back. He's a defender. That's like. You know, you, you want to stay alive making, but keep breathing. You make no, rule, now you rule make number the points, one. Okay, it's I understand that, but we're we're dealing with kindergarten children here, and telling them not to eat the crayon is an well, accomplishment. What was the when was so, the Minnesota game? Like a fortnight ago, something like that. And he was yeah. still, he still, he still he was making the same mistakes. He was committing into challenges where he didn't have the defense facility to do so. He didn't have the game awareness to do so. I don't think he was talking to his backline at all, but. Um, Speaking of Fortnite, did you know the game Fortnite was actually named after the amount of time it took to make? 14 days. However, since the developers uh-huh. thought it was not going to be successful, they changed the spelling so it, it, it would appear different and therefore be more memorable. But anyways, Laurent Simon. What, 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 where do you find this? No, that's probably true, though. That game is so horrible. I bet you any money. That's actually them, what happened. It took them well, six months Well, if we have make. any... If we have any 14-year-old listeners right now, we just lost them all. Thank you so much, Peter. Hey, no, <laughs> yes, no. The now four- we can swear. Andre, Andre. <laughs> no, they unvolted the drum gun. They were, they were long gone before then. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I think one of the best ways to kind of describe this game is that... Um, it felt discombobulated. It felt like uh, Toronto FC was panicking. It felt like they were constantly in panic stations. They were. It seemed like they were almost afraid of Atlanta United. Uh, and every time Atlanta got anywhere near the box, they kind of they they were panicking and, and all over the place. And and they weren't you know staying calm. And I feel like that's where someone like and I said this last week. I feel like that's where someone like a Drew Moore comes in handy because I feel like that's when you kind of have um uh, you have a defender who can or he might not be the fastest or or the strongest, but he can or organized well and he makes sure that his back line is organized and calm and in position and he yeah, calls them he's, out he's made and, of glass you know we're, you're he is but you're missing that maestro you're missing that you, you know you don't maestro. have him in Mavinga. but but he is in the sense that i feel like he conducts the back line he whenever if you next time you watch when he's on the pitch watch what Moore does he he ensures that all of the players know exactly where they need to be he's constantly pointing and talking to his back line he's constantly making sure that everybody's on the same page but you're not seeing that right now i mean Zavalet is not leading it Mavinga is not leading it simon's not leading it and so what do you have i mean you're you're leaving the basically this 
back line where nobody is is really taking the reins and ensuring that everyone is is marked and everyone's in position. And what you're seeing is is what we saw against Atlanta, and then subsequently what we saw against Philadelphia, where you know we're just kind of getting run over in our own 18 yard box, and we just we can't seem to organize. Well, just, well, just even look at that first goal when they when they managed to score that first one. It, it was it was just full on a marking issue because Bono made one hell of a stop from the free kick that went over the wall and actually right to it. But if you if you were watching, you have an Atlanta player just sitting way outside the line that he runs up after you know they're lining up, and he's so far to the side, unmarked, untouched, unmanned, even in the line that he was able to cross back over to allow them to get a goal. So it, it's it's it's. The whole back lines, nobody's talking. Doesn't matter who's starting. Doesn't matter and whether this, it's Lavinga or Zavaleta or Simon. And this is exactly what I'm concerned about as well. Is that even if Drew Moore is this, uh, like I'm not convinced that he is. Maybe it's because I've, I I can't remember the last time he played well and played in a way that impacted the game positively for Toronto FC. I mean, the two-two draw against Chicago uh, in April. You know, the the first goal comes because he's horribly out of position. So I, I'm I'm having a hard time seeing it. It's been so long. Um, and and yeah, maybe I am a little bit short-term memory about that. But when it comes to the the players on the pitch, whether it's Simon Zavaleta or or Mavinga, those centre backs don't have any game awareness whatsoever. They're crap players. So it doesn't matter if you shout at them saying get back into position. They're still going to do their own shit. They're in the middle of an attacking play. Mavinga might step up a bit, and then he won't realize that there's a break going on. You know, Moore can't can't stop a break he's too slow and his positional sense isn't ironclad by any means we know that the only redeeming quality we have for more right now is that he has somewhat of a brain but he doesn't have the body to do it I do see where you're coming from, and, and I understand why you're saying you have short-term memory but I mean and you have to kind of look back to you know almost two seasons ago when you can to, to look for more because he's been out for so long mm. uh, and last year I mean he didn't really have an impact he was out most of the year with an injury um, that he got in Champions League so I mean it's one of those things where I understand having that short-term memory but I still do believe that he is one of our best defenders when he is healthy and when he is on the pitch uh, and I feel like once he gets back to full health, you know, if he ever gets back to full health, you know, hopefully we can see that again. Um, but I really just think that Toronto FC needs to settle down and and kind of, you know, start to, to dig in because this is what started to happen last year was that we started the year well when you we look at our Champions League run. And then we kind of just started sliding and the slide never stopped. Um, and this is kind of the time period where that started. And so they kind of need to to pump the brakes now. Um you know, one thing I want to talk to you guys about is just the the formation choice that Vanny keeps. He keeps going back to this this three five two that isn't working, uh, and I, I I don't really know why. And I know you had mentioned it on Saturday, Chengiz, when we were down at the game. Mm. Um, you know, he he seems to continuously go back to this formation that doesn't work. Can you guys think of why he's why he's continuing to use that's, it? it? That's feels, an easy one. That's is this like you can't teach an old it, dog it, new tricks, or no? It's you know what it is. It's um. You know how you gremlins. go into FIFA? All gremlins. You, you know how you go into All FIFA and you, you set up the team before kickoff, before, you know, mm -hmm. like at least when we play, before I whip you 7-0 in FIFA, I was set up in a 4-1-2-1-2 <laughs> diamond. Or I'll set up as a 4-3-3, right? Because those are just my formations. I understand the tactics of those formations really well. And personally, I'm, I'm partial to good wing play. But for, you know, the 3-5-2 the came in in our disaster year last year initially as a compromise, but I think how Vanny likes to play football with the squad that he does have, 
does on paper lend itself very well to 352 uh, you know oro laria as as that wing back on the right moro on the left three center backs you know you have bradley at the base of the midfield three then you have uh box to boxes in osorio delgado frazier pozuelo and altador up top it's a perfect formation for the squad that we do have and it, it quite cleverly circumvents the the um, the the problem which is we don't have any wingers right we have 352 we can use wing backs so it's a good formation on paper and vani is sticking to it because it's a good formation on paper the only problem is and we've said this before on the podcast and i say it at the game is that you need smart players to do this you need smart fit healthy players who know what they're doing who are are inclined in their position in all sense aren't are inclined in their game sense in order to pull it off and you have to hope that your midfield of bradley osorio and delgado or whoever you want to interchange between those three have a good day Bradley is inconsistent at best because he is not a hard tackler or he's not a very good regista playmaker. Pozuelo is doing what Bradley should be doing. And it, it doesn't... That formation doesn't work because the personnel aren't smart enough to pull it off. And also, so the, back you, line, and also the back line is so abysmal and so garbage <clears> that <throat> there's no there's no sense of confidence that Bradley has. Like he can't play. I bet he, he can't play the number six role that he's been given because he's got one eye looking back at Mavinga, Simon and, and nephew. Well, we, we, yeah, well, oh my God. I was wondering how long we get before Mavinga time came in. He wasn't even playing. Um, no, I'm just saying generally. Just, in, yeah, he's looking, that's the problem. He was on the bench. So he had his eye focused on the bench. Yeah. He couldn't take it off. But no, during Atlanta, he played the forward at the back though, didn't he? And then he switched later. He switched we, later, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He had a four, we had a four four one one in Atlanta, and it's and it, but but like I said, Avinga wasn't even starting on that one. That's why mm. I was just I'm so frustrated with a lot of things is because it doesn't matter. Seems to be who you're switching up. If Zavalet is on that back line, nobody talks like at all. I mean, Zavaleta is not a starter. I'm sorry. He just, he hasn't proven himself for this team. Whether you look at the, the year that we won the MLS Cup or you look at last, like just none of, none of the, the games that he has started, he has looked good. I mean, he's constantly just, he's making mistakes. You know, he's drawing unnecessary fouls. Uh, he's drawing unnecessary penalties. Uh, and he's just, I, I honestly think he's a hot mess. And I don't think that, I understand if, you know, you have a, a defender go down, you need somebody out there. You're trying, you know, okay, fine. You bring him on. You know, you want to you wanna tighten up defensively. You bring off a midfielder, you throw him on there. Okay. But I just don't understand this, this constant, you know, want to push him out there as a starter that i just don't think he belongs i don't think he's he's good enough to start right now and um i i honestly think that you know having that nephew status definitely you know plays a part yeah and i don't think that's i don't think that's fair like that's that's some nepotism that i don't like but you know in fairness to zavaleta if i'm going to be playing devil's advocate i don't think the other two are any better okay fair <laughs> but <laughs> yes, i think that they're best, best devil's advocate right there yeah, but we're gonna play devil's advocate and defend him. They all suck. So, yeah. <laughs> like, but it's true though. I I do agree with you that like you know we have a lot of work to do in our back line with the other the other you know with Aro or you look at Simon or um you know Mavinga fine. But even though I think Mavinga has been having an okay year, um, but that being said, I I still think that Zavaleta is is infinitely worse in my opinion. Um. But that being said, this kind of leads to my next talking point, which I want to talk to you guys quickly uh, before we jump into a break about. So 
like you said, Chengage, we want to bring in smart players. We need wingers in order to play this formation that Vanny seems to like so much. Um, now, Ali Curtis had promised us uh, that Pozzuolo was not the only, you know, person they were going to be bringing in and that, you know, look forward to the transfer window because they had, they had more things up their sleeve. Um, transfer window came and went. Uh, open and closed, and uh, the only one that came in was Pozzuolo. Uh, there were obviously rumors swirling around about some other players. Um, should we be upset about this? No. Are they being patient? Do you guys think that they still have their eye on somebody, or uh, what do you? Or do you think that they saw Pozzuolo doing so well that they kind of just decided that they were going to run with what they had because we were on a good run of form at the beginning of the year? The one thing I do trust about this 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 whole operation is that the scouting department knows what they're doing. Like we didn't know, have a fucking clue about Vasquez. We didn't have a clue about um, about Pozuelo. And like David Miller said in the interview, you 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 go where the fish are. So they know what they're doing, and they and their recruitment has been fairly good. It's just a shit transfer window. Like well, it's every it's it's every it's, it's the worst it's, it's timing, it's it's the worst right timing. Yeah. in the middle of most people's like end of season, off, either playoffs or end of seasons. Yeah, and they, well, I think it was the Atlantic or. Uh, I believe the Atlantic, they did a, an article and they were talking to Curtis and said, well, you know, like, do you realize what people are saying? I know you're on social media, but you get it. And he, he said, yeah, no, I get it. I see it all the time. I saw, you know, I had all these issues from the brass in New York, buy somebody, buy somebody, buy somebody, but, you know, take your time, find out, due diligence and, yeah. and pick and choose your players. And I'd rather that than what we had last year, which was, oh, these guys are going to be great. Yeah. And you know what? I think I think a lot of the fan base that are criticized, if there are, if there are a lot of the fan base, I haven't seen it personally. But if there's anybody criticizing um, Ali Curtis and Co for not bringing anybody in, it's it's the people that don't support clubs outside who have had tr- trouble with transfers. So you know, these people support Real Madrid, Barcelona, Manchester City, who get the players they want like now because they have the money. We don't have the money. And, you know, all three of us with our clubs, we, we've had troubles with transfers. We get it. And we know the importance of having the right player at the club. And we have to buy smart. And that's what one of the things that yes. Ali Curtis was saying when, you know, he introduced Pozuelo to the, t- to the now, team and to the fans. Now, personally, I'm, I'm okay with foregoing the idea of a winger. If 3-5-2 is the way, then so be it. We'll die on that hill. Sure. Vanny will die on that hill. But get, get a defender. Get two defenders. Because these guys, you know, we are one, we are one more defender injury away from a complete crisis. Yes, and we're going to get to that when we talk about Philadelphia because there were some scary signs towards the end of that match uh, regarding some of our defenders. Um, and yeah, I, I do agree that I think that we need to um, to focus on strengthening up at the back. Um, I, I just want to see where this goes. I, I'm starting to get nervous. You know, the, the slide is beginning. And, and I mean, it's now that we really need to kind of dig in because we got some tough games coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got DC United on Wednesday and they're on a great run of form. Uh, you got Real Salt Lake coming up uh, and then you got San Jose from the West. Uh, and so, you know, these are games where we are, we should be able to get some points, but they're also tough matches where we don't want to underestimate, um, you know, our opponents. So I, I, I do want to see what, Toronto can is made of and this is sort of the time for them to sort of prove their worth and prove that they weren't just a one season wonder but that they actually you know do have the the makings of a team that can can really fight in this league mm. we do need and it's just to kind of counterpoint that for at least a second I know we need a back line I think that's that's consistent you can see you can see the flaws there more what I wouldn't mind seeing is just somebody solid up front because I know I know Boyd was supposed to be that 
that counterbalance. <laughs> you know that, and that worked out so well. But why oh, so so well. are you talking not- literally or like tactically? <laughs> just <laughs> anybody. For the love of God, well, I don't know. Well, it's I, funny because like, someone up front that's not made of paper mache. Well, it's funny because Akeche came in and was like last year and was like, hey, listen, nobody's going to be a worse TFC pickup than me. And then Terrence Boyd was like, hold my beer. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's it, it's not been a great and, uh, and you run know what? for him. The way, so. the way he goes on runs looks like he has no problem drinking enough beer beforehand. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, guys, let, that's enough of her to talk about Atlanta United. Uh, coming up in part two, we're going to look to Philadelphia Union. Uh, that was just happened this past Saturday. And look ahead to DC United. All that and more coming up on the Starting 11 podcast. Before we kick on, a quick word from our sponsor, Fanatics. Anytime you're looking for your next best piece of soccer merch or sports collectibles, you can help support the Starting Eleven podcast by shopping with Fanatics at xipodcast.com forward slash fanatics. Visiting their shop through our link helps you support your favorite team while supporting our continued efforts to bring you in-depth sports podcasts and content. There's no added cost to you, but we get a commission out of it. So help us help you. Pretty please. Fanatics. Officially licensed everything. Now, let's get back to it. Welcome back to part two of the Starting Eleven podcast, TFC edition. Uh, so, guys, let's now talk about Saturday afternoon's matchup against the Philadelphia Union. Uh, Philly takes the game two one in what was a frustrating and a bit of a shithousery affair, uh, to use Chengiz's words. Um, and let's kind of look at what affair. I just said there was shithousing. Well, I know, so that's why shithousing. Shithousing is they were just time wasting at the end, like any good team does. Okay, uh, mm. it seemed it seemed a little bit more shithousing. Jenga's going but back on it. his shit. He's going back on his shithousing hey, words. It was an hey, absolute shithouse. If, shit if you're gonna climb the shithouse hill, you're gonna die on the shithouse hill. Okay, Chengiz. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> let's look at what Ch- went wrong with Toronto. That's gonna be a pain for Chengiz. Just climb your shithouse, die in your shithouse. So um, let's look at what went hmm. wrong for TFC <laughs> on the day, guys. Uh, it was <laughs> just I know what went wrong in TFC. Justin has no idea how to use the word shithouse. Apparently not, okay? Mm. But I mean, I, I, I butcher foreign names. I butcher shithouse. Give me a break, all right? Yeah. <laughs> People in glass houses sing shithouses. Um, it's true. <laughs> shouldn't throw stones. Wait, if you live wait, in a shithouse, you shouldn't wait, throw wait. stones. You shit in your own house. Does that mean you're in a shithouse? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you're very excited <laughs> by that. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Anyways, moving on to what we're here to talk about. Um, so, guys, it was a different starting 11 from midweek against Atlanta. Uh, so, Westberg returns to goal. Uh, you got Jordan Hamilton stepping up to the plate to fill in that striker role again. Um, Zavaleta starts again. Uh, he's not looked impressive this season so far. Like I said, who's your uncle? Who's your uncle? Who's your uncle Zavaleta? Uh, just asking for a friend. Um, anyways, um, so, guys, uh, this was a three-five-two, which we just talked about in part one. Um, I mean, I, I just I'm trying to figure out where Toronto is going wrong here. Um, so, the first thing that I want to talk about is um, the frustrations that Pasuelo must be feeling because uh, from watching this game, so Chengiz and I were both down there together, and, and we were kind of chatting as we were watching the game, and it just feels like there's nobody up top who's able to to 
to be there for his crosses or for his balls. Um, it, it feels like no matter when he swings it in, no matter how perfect his his touches, uh, there's just nobody there that can control it or hold up the play long enough to kind of get something organized. Well, um, you know, like I, th- I, despite all that, despite the the struggle issue, I don't think Pasuela had a particularly good game either. And I think I think a lot of it was because um, you know they were playing a diamond four four two, and they were pressing. They, they they were the most impressive press I've seen in the uh, in the MLS. They were they always had two three people closing down Pozuela. They they made him, uh, they harassed him. They made sure he didn't have a lot of time on the ball, and his touch never really settled throughout the game. He had the free kick goal, but honestly, that was a that was a small consolation for 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 otherwise a, a, a really off day for Pozuelo. But in terms of the uh, the the striker conundrum, you're right. Um, Hamilton Hamilton's somebody who runs. You know he's not he's not particularly strong, he's not particularly tall either. He doesn't have that strength to hold off opponents, and quite frankly, he shouldn't do that because that's not his game and that's not who he is. He's a pacey striker who gets in behind. But the problem is with a three-five-two, as in when you attack with a three-five-two, the idea of the central striker is to take the ball in in those dangerous areas in the final third areas and hold it up so that people from the midfield the fullbacks can get forward and support you and start over overloading the box with numbers what Pozuelo and Hamilton were doing were the were basically counter-attacking because it seemed like what uh, TFC had done is they told the back three to sit deep and then you have the wing wing backs just there for width not really attacking too much uh, Oro got up in advanced positions Moro got himself in in good crossing positions but he only crossed it once or twice throughout that whole game a lot of it had to do with the fact that we didn't have very solid possession for most of it. Um, but by and large, it seemed like the MO for TFC was to get the ball off them, give it to Bradley, Bradway, Bradley to Pozuelo, Pozuelo to spray to Hamilton. It looked like a counter-attacking um, tactics. It looked like counter-attacking tactics, but the team didn't feel cohesive in that. Like The, the balance wasn't there in the midfield to, to pull that off. So... You're right. It didn't feel cohesive whatsoever. Um, and I, I do agree with you that it wasn't one of Pozuelo's better games, but I still think that he was our best player on the pitch, or at least yeah. one of them. Yeah. And that saying, I mean, Easily. next to Westberg, Easily. I think Westberg also had a, a really good game. Oh, Westberg um, man of the match for me. You know, and so I, I feel like, you know, that saying something right there is the fact that, you know, even though he wasn't having a great game, the rest of our team was just that much worse that he still was our best player on the pitch, our best mm. out, uh, outfield player. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's frustrating to see because... Um, it feels like this team is lacking an identity right now. It feels like they don't they don't really know what kind of football um, they want to play. You know, sometimes it's it's counterattacking, or sometimes it's um, you know it, it's that hold up play in the middle. Like it, it just seems like they don't they don't fully know what kind of team they are yet. And that's you know as a fan, that's super frustrating because you don't really know what to expect when you go to you know to watch the match. You're you're kind of in anticipation, you know, and, and a bit a little bit of anxiety about okay, so what kind of team are we going to see today? You know, the good, the bad, yeah. or the ugly. And, well, and it's, and it's almost like a, it was like a co- weird confidence issue where people had poor first touches or you know they run up and have a free ball and instead of taking a shot right away they would they would either you know second touch it there and it's like well you know you had an opportunity you should have took it then like why why did you wait so long so uh, post an identity i i definitely agree but i just i don't know it, it was almost like they, there was a no confidence or didn't know where they were supposed to be or didn't know the positions because he was trying something new 
So, I mean, let's talk about some of the positives of the match, okay? So, let's look at uh, positives. Yeah, anybody? No? Positive? <laughs> no. Uh, no, 20, it, 21 it, uh, episodes in, mate. You can't, you can't be making those jokes. Okay. okay. Uh, thanks. Appreciate it. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'll, I'll, just, I'll just go kill myself. All right, thanks. Mm-hmm. All uh, right. Anyways. And um, on the next episode. Yeah, moving on. Uh, so, let's talk about some of the positives from the match. Um, so, uh, Pozzuolo's free kick, uh, beautiful, uh, had signs of Chifinko written all over it. Um no, yeah, so he, that, he, that, was, that that doesn't go was, in if the keeper actually knows how to position himself, though. <laughs> I still think it was nicely placed. I mean, you called yeah. the Chengiz before the shot was taken. You said top left corner, it's going in, and that's exactly where it went. Um, you know, but I, I just I'm trying to find some positives of this match because, like I said, these last couple games have been super frustrating to watch. Even the Orlando game, you know, where they won, uh, the first half looked similar to Atlanta and what we saw in uh, against Philly. I've got, I've got a in, lovely positive for you. Oh, let me hear it, Marky Delgado. He had a good game. Oh yes, you were. Yes, that's right. We he was were, uh, talking he was, about that as well. He was. He, you know, Delgado gets a lot of stick for not being, you know, more technically adept. But you know, for me, he's never been that box to box player. Osorio has always been that box to box player. Frazier, Bradley are more box to box than than Delgado, and it it boggles me that he doesn't. Be, get played alongside Bradley more often as sort of the the interceptor, the bruiser, the DM. And then Bradley can play a little bit more advanced because Bradley's super technical and he has a good shot on him and he has a good vision and stuff. And I, I don't understand why he's being wasted. Is it because he's tall? Like, I, I don't get it. Let Delgado be in the, sit the back in front of the, the, the defense. Maybe the defense will be a little bit safer as a result. I don't know. But uh, no, he had a good game. He... Um, he he got to a lot of those balls. He he made sure he stopped at quite a few counterattacks on the day, and I was generally quite impressed because he hasn't really lit up, he hasn't had a lot of uh, performances of note up until now. Well, quickly on that matter because I thought it was kind of funny. So Andre, before the match, um, Chengiz asked yeah. me as we were sitting there. He went, uh, "So what's the matter with Delgado? Like, what do you think is wrong?" And I said, honestly, like since. Um, you know, I said since Guadalajara last year, I said in that that you know that miss that kind of cost the champions uh, the Champions League for us. He kind of just fell out of form, and you know he just didn't really show the same the same quality that we had we had come to find from him in 2017. Uh, and I said, you know, I just I just don't think he's a great player. I don't think he should be starting. And I said, I just I'm not happy with the way he's been playing. And then he goes out and has one hell of a game against Philly. And I'm sitting there talking to Chengiz like this guy's making me eat my words right here. Mm-hmm. It <laughs> I felt I was like, why? Like <laughs> literally plays shit all the time and then decides yeah, to come, then I, the, the one the time I make a comment decides to come out and you know have a banger of a match. But hey, you know what? I'm happy for him and I I hope that his quality continues. You know, as a fan, I obviously want to see uh, as much, uh, you know, as much quality in this team as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so an- another positive, uh, Josie Altador uh, was on the bench. Uh, he returned to the match about 70 minutes into a roaring ovation from the crowd as usual. Um, you know, happy to which see is, him back. Very, it's kind of routine now at this point. We're just like, yeah, he, oh my God. And now oh my God, a good this, player. Like, yeah. Two months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, good player. Well, it was funny because Chengiz and I were joking that as he was going to run out onto the pitch, he was going to pull his hamstring and have to just go right off again. So. <laughs> but no, no. Uh, but it, it was going to happen as soon as as soon as soon he came out. Yeah, it just gets two steps in. Oh, God. Yeah, as he's running onto the pitch, he like pulls his hamstring. Um, but no, you know what? Uh, he came back. He, he looked strong uh, for the 20 minutes that he was on the pitch. Uh, I mean, I feel like the team was already kind of deflated at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philly had already sort of settled in and, and had their, their heels dug in. So I didn't think we were going to break through. Um, 
um, you know, we did have uh, an epic chance uh, towards the end of the matchup where um, the ball is spilt by the keeper and the defender uh, and it's sitting in the box and there's a little bit of hesitation and, you know, they decide um, Pozzuolo doesn't swing at it and it kind of just ends up sitting there. Uh, it gets yeah. passed back out to Aro and, and the, the play kind of fizzles out. It, yeah, it just it feels like nobody really knows how to pull the trigger there. And, and that's sort of one of my frustrations. That, I feel like once we get inside of the 18-yard box, it just seems like nobody can shoot. And you had mentioned, Chengay, that you think that it's almost told yes. to them, do not shoot. And yes. I, I don't understand that, that mindset. Okay, so I saw the same thing with Brendan Rodgers at Liverpool. The exact same thing. We scored something like... 53 or 54 league goals that year it was abysmal finished eighth uh and it was basically the same we played a 3-5-2 we had sterling up top um flanked by i think it was coutinho and they had this really good habit of getting through on goal but when it came to the goal i mean this is raheem sterling before he came to manchester city so he was well renowned for flubbing chances and whatnot and then on top of that he would never pull the trigger he would always look for the pass for the layup he was always looking for the insurance goal and this is twofold number one it's it's definitely a tactical thing because you're instructed to not give up possession you there is definite tactical value in rotating switching the play a lot inside the box because it causes anxiety yeah. confusion you're waiting for that slip up right so you can have a more clear opportunity but it doesn't work if your players aren't confident which our players certainly aren't and we don't necessarily have the tactical ability to keep pinging it around the box like a city or a barcelona or um you know like a like a united or a liverpool we we don't have that that quality player that can hold the ball up we don't have good uh, players who can shoot outside the box you know we are we are very ham-fisted in our approach so the three-five-two and and the, and the tiki-taka around the box or the attempted tiki-taka around the box i think is born out of tactics but is exacerbated by lack of confidence because there were many times when anybody could have pulled the trigger you know you generally speaking you rotated once twice not three four times like we saw the three four yeah, times is when you when you start seeing evidence of lack of confidence from certain individuals it just feels like they're looking for that tap in, you know what I mean? And like, it, I feel like that's, that's not yeah. how. And if you continuously play for that, I mean, you're gonna get burned because it's well, we're, it, they don't happen as often, right? We're playing, we're playing like how I play FIFA, which is I'm not gonna shoot until I'm already inside the net, and then I'll press the B button. So it's just exactly like shoot from outside the goddamn. See, the box. thing about Arsenal is, <laughs> do we do the same thing? <laughs> and problem we have one. So no, 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 we have one person who shoots outside the box. But I don't think he knows where the box is because it 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 goes at a perfect way and you can watch it starting to leave orbit. Mm. Like gravity isn't taking hold because it hits at the wrong angle and just goes. This is assuming, of course, he hasn't been red card at first. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. All right, guys. So let's now jump ahead and look to this upcoming matchup, which I am so looking forward to this Wednesday. Gee, I wonder why. May 15th. We get why is Justin looking forward to Wednesday night. What's what's happening? He's really because, uh, he, because there's actually a no, known no, no, no. phenomenon he asked me, where he the asked, world's he, first he goblin on just, just stop. Stop. Bad boy. Bad. Bad Andre. Sit. No, um You do that look, outside. Look, Justin, I love you, but and, and you were great in that play. <laughs> but it's very clear to all of us. Oh, that wait, was, that, that, was that the play where he was playing Wayne Rooney? 
No, it wasn't. <laughs> but look, it's very clear to all of us in the audience that your hairline it was was not what it used to be, and uh, <laughs> I think you you want to you want to perhaps see how it's done. And there is there is a player that DC United uh, do have. He's well renowned for. Uh, getting a very expensive hair transplant. So I don't blame you for being excited to go meet him and perhaps get some insider information and pick his brain a little bit. Wayne Rooney! It's the world's world's first troll to ever play football. All right, guys, listen, I need to just confess something here. And I know that TFC fans listening to this might send some, (laughs) you know, abuse my way. Please do uh, at XI Podcast or email me, justin at xipodcast.com. Go nuts. Um, Guys, I am a uh, diehard TFC fan. You guys know that. But... Wayne Rooney is my favorite player of all time. And that is I am it for le- this week's Starting Love <laughs> podcast. On next uh, week, I am, we'll be discussing. I am leaving, I am leaving no, that's work That's all of us signing off. Uh, I am leaving but, work early quickly. to go down. Let me tell you guys, I have every single jersey that Wayne Rooney ever donned for England. So every time, uh, every tournament that England played in uh, that the, the jersey changed. I have a Rooney jersey from it. Uh, you know, he was my my idol growing up. He was my, you know, my my footballing inspiration. Um, you know, uh, the only player now to kind of take over that that reign for me is, is Marcus Rashford. Uh, you know, but, um, you know, I followed Wayne Rooney from, you know, his, his first game for England all those years ago. Uh, and he's just one of those. He's just, he's a special player. Zlatan Ibrahimovic is a special player. Uh, you know, Bastian Schweinsteiger is a special player. Player. These these are great players. David Villa, all, of, all those guys all, who have come. All of these Any, uh, players have been no, no, played any, for the United Anyone who just listened to the past 30 seconds, please <laughs> press the letter F to pay respects. Also, we must make it abundantly clear, just like any journalistic uh, organization, because we are media now, that um, Justin's views are his own and do yes. not represent those of the rest of us at Starring 11 Podcast. I personally or, think that or, Rooney's been bang average for the last four years. Which is which, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, quality wise, okay, Bernie, fine. You've been I mean, bang on average. Anyways, I don't want to dwell on this, but the point of the matter is, is that I'm very excited to see him in person and play. I'm I'm going to go down to hopefully meet him before the game, uh, and it's going to be a momentous occasion for me because meeting one of your idols is something that you kind of only dream of. Uh, and I never thought I'd see the day that Wayne Rooney was going to be in Toronto, uh, so I'm very excited for it. But anyways, let's look ahead to the game, guys. So DC Bernie. is. Uh, in fine form right now mm-hmm. um you know they've they've kind of been on a bit of a run um you know they they have a ton of quality uh up top um and i, I really am you know you got uh, luciano acosta and you've got wayne rooney uh and as a, as a duo you know they they seem unstoppable at times uh what is toronto gonna have to do uh to sort of um, quell that fire and and sort of take it to dc united on well uh, the first pass, the first- pass rooney a beer and a smoke Yes. Um, and then there we go. Maybe a grandmother, too, while we're at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pass, pass, pass him a grandma smoking a beer. <laughs> um, so I'm look- photoshopping Rooney having a smoke a beer and a grandma wrapped around him for the next shirt, I swear so to God. So you're, you're right that DC United are, are on good run of form. They've scored eight, in the, but they've only scored eight in the last five, which gives me some hope for our defense. <laughs> Because I need yeah. I need some hope, okay? Unless Zavaleta start, unless Zavaleta starting. Oh, nephew I mean, starting. We no know hope. this oh. because Simon is actually trash. Like he was at fault for our for the Mavinga own goal. I fully believe that Mavinga had no. He couldn't do anything about that because uh, Simon allows that that cross in. Anyways, getting off track here. Um, nephew whoa, starts. Whoa. 
Whoa, back up. No, 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 no. I, I know where you're going Whoa. with this. I, I'm not interested in, in I, hearing I, your fake praise I, from him again. Mike, blah, blah, blah. I didn't, I didn't even get to do one Mavinga time. I'm, I don't even, I'm going to go back and listen to this episode and I'm going to cut that part out and just replay it for an hour. Go, <laughs> All right, make sure that? you have enough Kleenex next to you when you do so. <laughs> All right. All right. So, the so um, no, no, no. Let's I'm, wait. I didn't even finish my void. Uh, go on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so they've they've only scored eight in the last five, which means they're not firing it on all centers, but they do have seventeen goals for the season, so they're not they're not incapable of scoring goals, right? And against our defense, it's a, it's a practically an open invitation, right? The thing I'm most concerned about is their defense. They've conceded eleven, which is uh, the second least in the league in in our conference so that you know they've got they've got pretty good defense and they've got a very good midfield too so i'm very concerned about pozuelo i'm concerned about michael bradley i'm con- i'm not concerned about altador because i think he always turns up and he always performs especially in big games i'm very concerned about our backline and our midfield and we need to make sure that we set the tone early we set the rhythm early and we just remember that we're playing at bloody home for christ's sake like, this is supposed to be where it's supposed to be our best. You know, we can't have this haphazard performance yeah. like we did against Philly. Well, if we're going to if we're gonna claim ourselves as, like, the, the most difficult place to play, we have to make it so, and we can't let our guys get yeah, disjointed. We've sh- we've I know there was issues in the fans, and yeah. we were just, we're, we're having too much trouble, like, just making sure we're making enough volume, we're making it difficult our, for them to play. Our goal difference is five right now, plus five. We've shipped off 17 goals this season, that's... That's well, like, the insanity is just by how high our goals are, and yet we've just managed to keep on track with our goals conceded as as scored. It's if ridiculous. we if we if we keep conceding at this rate, we will finish like lower playoff places. And that's yeah, just and I mean, not and just to quickly touch on that point that you were making, Chengiz, uh, you know, home is not where you can be affording to drop points. You know, that's where you're expected to pick up any of the points that you get throughout the season. Yeah. And then it's about going away and, and picking up, you know, points here and there uh, to kind of help you climb and keep status in the table. Um, let's just quickly talk about the back line because we saw some sites on, on Saturday that, that were not promising. Uh, so we had Aro go out with a back spasm uh, and in the, that play where, you know, he's limping off the field, um, Philly went up and scored, which was super From frustrating. From his side to watch. too. That was so annoying. Yes. It was very frustrating. Um, but I mean, you know, such is the way of the game. Such um, is the refs. Yes. And we talked about that as well, but I don't want to, we've, we've beat on the ref so much that I don't even want to waste breath talking about them Mm. and precious, precious podcast time. Um, but what I do want to talk about is, uh, you know, so then Simon went down with a bit of an ankle issue. Um, and so it feels like our, (laughs) well, the question is, okay, good. But now who do you bring in? You know, if Aro's out, if, uh, Simon's out, okay, you bring in Zavaleta, uh, you can maybe bring in Richie Larea. You got Justin Morrow back there. Um, but I just feel like we're, you know, we're one injury away, like you said, from a, almost a, a backline crisis. Well, I mean, Moore was on the bench last game. So if, if you're going to play anybody, play him. Yeah. Um, luckily, we do have fullback depth with Richie Larea. We have Ashton Morgan in the wings, too. Um, so I'm not too concerned well, there. But I forgot about Ashton Morgan. We do have Ashton Morgan. You're yeah. right. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. a forgotten yeah. man. But he can play both sides. Or at least, you know, Mauro can shift out to the right if he needs to. So I'm not I'm not too concerned about that. Um, I'm just more concerned about us realizing the gravity of the situation. We do have two games in hand against United. But if we win it, you know, we'll have clawed three points back on them. 
right? And we would have pegged them down a bit too. Like this is a huge game because it cements the fact that, you know, we're not just kind of languishing around the playoff places or, or struggling to make the playoffs. We're actually solidly in contention for the Supporters' Shield. I, I personally don't think our defense is good enough to win the Supporters' Shield, but we should be aiming to be in the high, you know, comfortably in the playoff places and then come what may at the end of the season. For sure, and I agree. And with the the new playoff format, uh, home field advantage is going to be everything. Yep. And so, you know, climbing yeah. that that table for um, you know for home advantage is going to be huge. And so, you want to finish as high up in that table as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you cannot afford to be dropping points at home. And this is a glorious opportunity for Toronto FC to really start to sort of cement their position in the table. Um, do you guys have any score predictions for this game? Ooh. Uh- it is gonna it is gonna be a hard one because DC is a very well organized sort of, of of I don't wanna say attacking team, but they're just they're able to really keep pressure up. Uh, the way our form is right now, and I think something bad's gonna happen, and I'm really hoping I'm wrong, I'm gonna say two one for DC, and I think Rune is gonna get one. And I don't know who's gonna pick up the second one, and I bet you any money it's probably gonna be a Pozuelo goal again. I'm going to say 1-1 um, draw. I don't think we're coming away with a win here. Um, they're definitely, like, I'm not confident in their in their, um, in their their forward line, but I'm not confident in our back line either. So I think it's just going to be a, a, a comedy of errors in around our box. But I think if Altidore starts, he breaks through their defense and he scores a goal because there's no other forward in the league like Josie Altidore. He just knows how to muscle his way through defense. And you've got Pozuelo who just, you know, they click. So I am hopeful we'll score one, maybe two, but 1-1 to me is the most likely outcome. All right, so yeah. I'm going to take a positive spin on it. I'm going to say that, you know, Toronto FC, uh, you know, they had a, a good second half against Orlando, uh, and then we had that dismal game against Atlanta, came home, had a dismal game against Philadelphia. Uh, I don't think that they're, you know, going to have another game like that at home back to back. I think they're going to come out flying. They're going to be, you know, frustrated that they were made to, to look kind of silly at, at home. Uh, so I'm going to say that Toronto FC is going to take the win. I'm going to say it's going to be 3-2 for Toronto FC. And you're going to have two goals from Altidore and one goal from Pozzuolo. Um, and I, that's that's sort of the the vision that I'm having right now. It's going to be a high-scoring game. DC is definitely going to break through. Uh, and I, I think that he's going to go back to Alex Bono again. I think he's going to keep switching them back and forth. Not after not Atlanta. Westberg was immense. Uh, Westberg was immense against Philadelphia. Yeah, I, 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 I would like to see no him start, either, right? but because it's another midweek game and we have a game on Saturday that's going to be away, uh, I would be very surprised if he doesn't start Bono. Um, yeah, but, but when I mean, I mean we'll it's, see. In fairness, it is like it is real Salt Lake. Like they're 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 like fighting for playoff contention. We um, said the same thing against Portland, Portland. and we got burned. Yep. So no, hard. My, my point is that who would you like in terms of like the quality of the opposite, the pure quality of the opposition? Uh, you I, would keep, I would put Westberg in net against DC, and I would throw Bono in net against Real Salt well, Lake. If you're going to switch them up, yep. that's what I would do. Yep. But I'm also not Greg. But Greg Vanny, you know, I also wouldn't start Zavaleta. So I mean, you know, no. we're not the same well, person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. He stopped listening to us in certain things. Don't play Zavaleta. Oh my! <laughs> Don't play God. your nephew. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. But stop. Uh, Listen to Brownie. 
Uh, the, these next couple, uh, this next week is going to be uh, a huge for TFC. There's uh, a big six points uh, on the table for them to grab, and uh, I really hope that they can can pull it off for the sake of the team. Uh, you know, they can let's keep let's try to get some momentum going and, and really sort of kick off this summer with uh, with with some big points here. Inshallah. Inshallah. <laughs> and that's gonna do it for us here on the starting 11 podcast thank you guys so much for listening uh be sure to subscribe to us on google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcast media uh check out our website at www.xipodcast.com and for more general abuse you guys can add us on twitter instagram or facebook at xipodcast uh and for this episode uh thank you guys so much for joining me uh we have been chengiz khan support local football yes peter's gonna be so pumped that you said mcdonald's coffee Uh because timmy's a shit now (laughs) (laughs) great now we lost our timmy sponsorship thanks man yep not that we wanted i only drink espresso so i mean i don't go to either but you know Mm. we don't have we don't have a little league football team so we don't you know we we don't need this yeah we're good yeah yeah we we, we don't have a timbits team so we're good well great Uh, way to ruin ruin peter's playing career there thanks man Andre McRae, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. Uh, gorgeous podcast that does not have Zavalette in it. <laughs> oh, once again, guys, Peter Robinson <laughs> will be... Oh, man. Once again, Peter Robinson will be back next week. And on behalf of myself, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.